You know what they always say, it's a new month, new possibilities. I'm delighted to welcome into November a dear friend of mine, Derek Geddes. I mean, he was a fashion lecturer way back in the day, has now brought out a wonderful podcast series called The Apparel Report. And I'm chatting to him in Joburg. Joburg seems to be a hive of activity and sort of getting things done. Um, Derek, delighted to have you on the Music Exchange uh, on the Couch podcast series. And you also lectured way back in the day when the great Dr. Trevor Jones came back to South Africa um, about fashion. You're steeped in fashion. You are still stylish. You're wearing a lovely, simple, styled... Is it a black t-shirt? You can explain that. I don't want to get the colors wrong. But just give us a bit of history of the apparel report and why you wanted to do it and where you see... It's a loaded question. Where you see fashion for young artists coming together because the age-old question always is, I have no money. First, it's great to see you up here, up here in um, Johannesburg, Martin. Lovely to speak to you in person and not over WhatsApp for once as well. Um, where do I see fashion going? Let's speak about that one first and the young people coming through. The apparel report was really designed out of a conversation I was having with a good friend of mine, Alana Fosley Finley. Um, and we were discussing how do we, now that we've hit 50, share our expertise but also level up our own our own existence in a way. We both come through um, interesting COVID two years periods and life has changed and when you hit 50 as you know you look at things differently and we've both looked at the landscape and said well what do we do going forward? 55 is not that far off. What do I hope to achieve and how do I give back but how do we actually make a difference and make a mark which is so important and I know that's one of the things you value about doing music exchange with is sharing expertise and bettering the industry. So there's a lot of talk at the moment about mentorship, which is a great thing. I don't think it's a culture we have in this country and it's something we should look at. But what we really truly need, and you and I have spoken about this a lot, is to start speaking to each other. We know that we've been in situations where we've been one or two tables away from being shakers and big names that we can easily engage with. You do it all the time. I mean, you, you'll introduce yourself to anyone. Um, but we really need to start talking as a creative industry and a creative society and start building symbiotic relationships. So that's really what the, the apparel report is about. But now you mentioned sort of working together and in preparation for our discussion, we just had a, had a, a lovely coffee in that. You were talking about, we mentioned the Springbok World Cup winning captain, Sio Felici and yes. the book and the brand yes. and you said something but they're all these people are licensing things out and getting things done yes. the music business doesn't seem to get things done they don't understand licensing and exactly how Martin. much merchandising is there available not much not much at all Why? and you and I well you and I have spoken about this extensively and I've been knocking at your door to get one of your major clients involved in a merchandise agreement and that's the catch, agreement. Both the fashion and the music industry here have got such a big ego, the artists, that they want to control everything. They think that what do you mean by control? Sorry to interrupt. They think that someone's out to rip them off. And yes, that has happened. What artists need to realize, and something I've needed to realize myself, is I'm not good at everything. So let me rather look at someone who's good at this to do that for me. But let's set up these agreements. Again, Alana, the first thing we did before we discussing anything was set up a partnership agreement and an NDA. 
you know, we've got those professional linkages in place so that we know that we're not going to rip each other off. I mean, we're working for our better interest for everyone. So merch in this country is a big thing. We've got, I'm, you'd be able to tell me more, and I, something I question you about often is, how much money do artists make of recorded material? Because everyone I know is sharing those files. So I'm like really curious to know, when is Samara paying you? Because I've listened to your song hundreds of times from different people, so I don't know how you're making your money. And also, the whole landscape for artists has also changed. I mean, we just played, Sipa Mabusi just played at a place, Snatch 32, in, in Park Town North on, on 7th Avenue. It was full, 300 people, had a whale of a time, stayed till the end, all getting pictures and everything else. So people want that performance differently as well. I think the days of 10,000 people in a stadium jumping up and down are gone. Mm. You want that quality interaction. This was a function that started at 12 midday and ended at 6. Mm. You were home by 8 if you wanted to and you had a great afternoon out with music. Now, there was an opportunity to sell merchandise. Yes. How do people, how do artists get off their bums and start saying, hang on, I'm going to design the shirt, I'm going to do that. What do they need to do? Well, I think one of the things that artists need to, to get in place is their IP, their, their intellectual property. What is the look that they go for? What is, their, the, what is the font that they use for spelling their name? That's your starting point. But then you start to blend it. So if you've got a particular style of bucket hat that you like to wear, go look at seeing how to put your branding on there, but not in an obnoxious way that stuff is branded, in a stylish, fun way. And then one of the things that I'm really concerned about is how artists are not online. And their home pages. What do you mean by not online? What do you mean? Having a home page. So if we look at your major client, Sipa Hotsticks Mabuse, what is his landing page like? Can I, one, on his page, look at his music videos? Can I buy his music? Can I buy his merch? Where is he performing? Because these are the. COVID has changed the way we're going to be entertained and the way we engage with entertainers. So we need to be at the, on the crest of that wave, to use your surfing terminologies. We need to be up there and be able to ride the wave correctly. Looking you don't forward. have to have lots of merch. I sent you some lovely examples of, of, of American performers who have got some great stuff. I mean, someone like Barbara Streisand has the most gimmicky but fun merchandise available that speaks to her audience. It doesn't have to be a branded t-shirt and your name all over a bikini bottom or something. There are fun ways to I mean, do things. I, I adore Prince mm. and I look at his merchandise and everything else and I started mm. to think, you know, may sell rest in peace. Imagine what he would have been bringing out during that hard lockdown in America in terms of creativity in the studio. But you look at his merchandise, it's simple. It might just be changing that iconic image of him to different colors, to purple, yes. just to something like that or whatever. And is that what we mean by a, um, a style guide, that the artist decides on his font, has a good landing page, yeah. draws something up neatly, and then make on demand type almost. You don't have to carry 150 t-shirts, am I right? No, you don't. Um, and we don't have the audience in this country, so we need to realize that. I was looking at some stats yesterday compared to um, some South African artists. If you look at someone like a Kim Kardashian, 225 million followers on Instagram. We don't even have 225 million Instagram followers in South Africa. So we need to scale down and we need to be realistic. One of the things that our audience need to realize is that if uh, Super Kazi Jonas puts out a poetry poster, 
and the poster is going to be a thousand rand. There are only going to be ten. It's a limited edition. It will grow in value. But that ten, that thousand rand is to going to her. You, sorry, you say ten. So what you would do, you would number them one to ten, one of ten, signed. and then signed and dated. Yes, yes. perfect. And then, as like, like in the art field, as you sell them, the value would go up. So that eventually, I'm investing it. I'm investing in the artist. Yes, Supercars is getting a certain amount of that money out of it. She's developing her career and so on. But in time, I'm going to get a return. And the thing is, if I better that artist now, my return of investment is going to be better later on. And it's just the... Uh, talking about that size of poster. Yes. You're talking an A3 size, so it's movable within someone's home. You're not talking a massive A0. No. You know? No, no, no. I mean, yeah, A3, A2. There are so many levels. And an artist really needs to think of when they're performing, you know, in the front row might be the most expensive seat. That guy can pay more. The one at the back might be painless. They all deserve to take something home. And you need to think of those levels. And that's where I'm going to really twist, and that's where someone like um, William Kentridge really knows what he's doing. If you go to a William Kentridge exhibition as an artist, you'll see his massive charcoal drawing. That'll set you back in dollars. Everything in Kentridge now is in dollars. It doesn't even talk in rands. Everything's in dollars. But so that's, that's like that's a million. A million dollars upwards. That's upwards, what, yeah. 10, 12 million rand. Mm. Yeah, it's significant. There'll be the print. That'll be like 30,000 US dollars. And we'll go all the way down to the poster for the, the exhibition that he'll sign half of them and just number the rest. And people will go and start buying from two and a half thousand rand upwards. Would it be beneficial for the artist to come and then do the meet and greet yes. on a specific day yes. and sit there and sign? That's a really good point, and I want to bring up someone who's, who's done this very, very well, and that's RuPaul. RuPaul, after starting the show, started DragCon, which was a conference where people could go and meet all these drag queens. And every single part of that conference is monetized. You want to do a meet and greet? You pay your $15. You want to do a meet and greet and a signed poster? You pay your $25. You've already paid to get into the venue. You're going to pay for the RuPaul Coca-Cola. You're going to pay for... It's all monetized and we don't realize it. But it's important that we realize what our value is. How do we monetize correctly? We can't just come here and say, okay, a meet and greet for one of the buskers at the waterfront in Cape Town is going to be 250 Rand. No. If it's 20 Rand and it's accessible, not saying none of if it's accessible, that's what we need to change. We, we can't bring American prices here and so on, European prices. We need to be realistic. But, saying that, if I see you perform, I want to take something away. It could be a CD, it could be a signed postcard, it could be a hat, it could be a tote bag. We need something. And that's how artists are putting money back into their pockets. Now, when I described, I said you were wearing a, I don't know, what, just a grey shirt or whatever. D describe fashion going forward for 2022. I'm a young artist and I don't know what to wear. I normally wear my blue jeans and a t-shirt. How can they accessorize for very little to look All right. One of, the, one of the most important things to do is create yourself your look, your identity, but don't stick to it. We know certain artists will have the same shirt and same tie, and that's what they wear at every single gig. It gets a bit boring. Create a look for yourself that you know that you can work with and work around. One of the things as well, have that as your performance wardrobe. Don't wear it all the time because the shirt's going to look shabby. You're going to wear a black t-shirt. Once it's washed four times, it ain't black anymore. Then, 
one of the greatest things I would love to see happen in this country, and something we speak about on the apparel report a lot, is collaboration. Speak to creatives, speak to designers, see if you can't work together in some way. You know, maybe that designer is going to give you a discount on that really cool hat that you're wearing for mention on your platform. You know, check, start to collaborate because that's the way we're going to go forward. But within that, collaboration can be the most interesting aspect. For example, at the moment, I'm going to put it out there, I've just downloaded some royalty-free music for the podcast because you need some sound in it. And I thought of being cheeky enough to approach someone like Milan Rondell to say, look, I don't have budget, but don't you want to... Don't you have something? Don't you have a jingle that we can use? You're going to get credit for, credited for it. And along the way, when we come to redo the jingle, hopefully the podcast will have the money that I can pay you for it. Are designers and artists thinking too short-term because of what's happened with the pandemic worldwide and not trying to map out the year ahead? I want these Martin, certain goals. you know very well, and I know very well, and we've been through some very tough years. Short-term sometimes is just making dinner. And yes, survival is so important. But you can't dwell in that, I've just got enough to make dinner. You need to think bigger. And it's a horrible thing to say. You need to think bigger. You need to think forward. And you need to plan and, and knock on doors. Because yes, you've got something to eat tonight. But what about tomorrow? What about next month? What about Christmas dinner? You need to plan. And that's the catch. Your creativity is a great talent and a great gift. Your planning is your success. Go back to this T-shirt that you're wearing, this yes. colour. It looks it's proper for, for, for summer. It looks like you can perform in it. Mm. And it, it's what's from Johnson. Johnson's right? overalls. Uh, and that's not expensive, am I right? No, not expensive at all. It's a really affordable, great quality T-shirt in a smoky melange. And yeah, it's just buying good quality. That's what's important. We, we need to buy good quality. And there are... There are big brands out there that are willing to work and partner. So maybe, you know, you approach a Levi's and you see if you can't work with them on a video or a jingle or a something or, or a pop-up or a promo and you get some stock and, and merch out of that too. I mean, the, the big retail stores, the Woolworths, the Mr. Prices, the H&Ms, they've all got stuff in there that yes. you can wear for a season. So what mm. would you wear for, for summer, sort of 2022? What what would be a, a nice color or look or well one of the, one of the things that we are so lucky about is that we are going back to performing again and seeing seeing things so you can really be a bright shining star you know bringing color i would definitely have color and you want to make a presence while you're while you're on the event so if you're a girl you want to have the a, the fullest dress possible you want to make the biggest impression uh, with that if you're a guy you want to be really on trend like look your best in everything that you do like have have a smart haircut, not a stupid haircut, which is so important, you know, um, and really make sure it fits into who your consumer is. The funny thing is, we're speaking about this and we're putting out this information, but knock on someone's door, you know, send me a message, let's talk. You know, I might, you know, I'm not expensive if I'm giving you my information for free. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But along the way, there is going to be some kind of energy exchange. Absolutely. In, in closing off, the apparel report, how often does it come out, where does it sit, and, and what are the messages that you want to get through when people have listened to the apparel report? Okay, so the apparel report is the best insights into ideas, promotion, prototyping and production here in South Africa. 
It's about leveling up the industry. It's available every Friday on all major um, streaming services, so Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Um, for now, we're speaking to people from across the, the continent and across the globe, all people interested in promoting the South African fashion industry. You're going to meet incredible makers, the latest news from the best studios and the best agents that are out there. And it's really unpacking terminologies, concepts and ideas that we are hearing about all the time. Things like ethical fashion, fair trade, sustainability. Um, these are the things that we're talking about. And we're looking at bettering the industry. So far, the first, po the first podcast goes live this Friday. So far, we've already got two different partnership agreements out of the speakers that we've been dealing with. And these partnership agreements are all about how do we take South African designers to the States and the Europe, and how do we get European and the US designers to produce in South Africa? I'm going to put you on the spot. An iconic designer that South Africans should know about, and a current designer now who is doing things. Two names and why. I think everyone should know, in South Africa, should know Marianne Fasler. The way in which Marianne recycles and has sustained her business is a case study that everyone should be looking at. And then, oh, this is going to be a twisted one. A new designer that I think everyone should be looking at is not so new, but she's clearly making waves. And that's Crystal Birch from the Hat Factory in Cape Town. What's her name? Crystal Birch. The Hat Factory? Yes. Okay. Crystal is a milliner who does incredible hats. Um, and she's just bought over the old traditional Parisian milliners uh, in Cape Town. That was on Rudeheck Street. And they've moved out to Woodstock now. And she, she, she made Jack Paris hats. That's where she started, making those long peak hats. But Crystal is really niched. A market for herself she's always wanted to be a milliner she's creating these amazing hats and she's just like phenomenal in her success at the moment just looking at a particular market and milking it and staying within that niche yes staying within the niche mm. so she's not making socks uh, no she's not she's doing, doing socks. that she's there's too many people making socks yeah. in south africa right now <laughs> and on that glorious note thank you for the time Derek, and may the apparel report go from strength to strength to strength and thank you for the time it's, it's been very very insightful delighted